All right. So All right, let's kick it off. <laughs> we'll start the show now. All right, welcome to the Confession Pulse podcast. I'm Morgan Rector, and this is... Von Dark. And as you know, if you've been listening, or if you're listening for the first time, uh, there's a website called confessionpulse.com. People share their private thoughts with uh, the world through that website anonymously, and people might they might comment on writing messages, but we're doing it in the form of a podcast. And uh, I'll start off this week. Um, so this there's a person who says that they have been fantasizing about murder since their preteens. Um, so I'll assume they're telling the truth. Uh, so it goes. I'll spare you the details about my past because none of you give a fuck, but let's just say I wasn't a happy child. I was a lonely and angry one, always angry. Now, though, as I've grown to be an adult and through my teen years, I still feel an urge all the time. It's not anger. I just want to end someone's life. Pick some jogger up from the side of the road and brutalize them. I want whoever finds their body to think an animal did it. Now, all that's holding me back is the fact that I still have a future on the line. But other than that, ending someone is just incredibly appealing to me. I'm actually seeing a therapist about it, but only recently. The last one didn't feel up to the task of dealing with that issue. Well, that is a problem, actually, with the psychiatric establishment, because when it comes to uh, some criminals, whether it's a murderer or a child molester, there's someone they just won't take it on, and yet... That seems irresponsible to me. Like, yeah, you're, kind of, you know, you're in a position of harm reduction. Yeah. And like there's so many, you know, as someone who does a true crime podcast, I know a lot quite often people hear about people who commit horrific crimes and they're thinking, well, why didn't why didn't he go to therapy instead, you know, and talk about it, get treatment for it. But the system lets these people fall through the cracks all the time. And it happens as I said, with sex offenders, all kinds of people. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, you can't deny a sick person help, whatever help it is that they need to get. To me, that's like, it's irresponsible. You you joined, you did that thing as sort of like, I vow an oath to help people. You know, like, that's yeah. what you're like, that's what you're signing up to do. Is to, like, you know, go out there and fucking help people. And, yeah. like, if you're not, I mean, I get that some people are really not, like, prepared, I guess, to, like, do um, some forms of help. Like, I can respect that in a sense where it's, like, maybe they're not equipped. Yeah. But, but in that sense, um, it would be, like, I, I would always... I would think that it would be their duty to have a small list of people so that they can actually, like, be referred to someone. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's a, it's sort of like a... It's part of your job, and it's also sort of a courtesy. You know, if you can't help, know someone that can. You know, like, at least, like, because that's, like also part of your job like you, you've got colleagues and stuff like people that you know maybe specialize in more like criminal psychiatric psychiatric help you know what I mean like um 
maybe there's some people that like would be frothing at the bit to help some person that was a psychopath and a narcissist and this and that or like I don't know but I mean uh like a counselor wouldn't be like a, totally equipped to do the job well yeah and there's a whole other problem too where it's basically if you tell a psychiatrist or psychologist that that you're having homicidal fantasies that you're worried you'd have to tell they, somebody they have to tell the authorities but the thing is that creates problems for you because if you never do it you're still a person who has a paper trail and uh, that could backfire on you in a big way. And oh, yeah. You can lose your job because of negligence. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know the law, but, like, there's something tied to negligence or, you know, like, something like that. It's like you knew about it and you didn't do anything. You yeah. know, like, that's – you are also, like, criminally involved. Yeah, it is. Because you could have stopped it. Like <clears> – <throat> Yeah. yeah, no, it's a it, it's a problem, and you know what? Like, um, it's more of a problem for something like this, but it's like it's been a problem for like a lot of things across the board. You know, yeah. like people can't get mental help. Well, I guess well, what I would recommend to someone who is having these feelings is uh, express it through through art in the if you're not yeah. artistically talented, if you're not if you can't draw, if you can't you can write, writing, yeah. like, writing does help. Even if you're, yeah. like, if you're doing, like, that scratchy writing, fucking stabby art, like, you can actually do, um, like, some pretty cool art just from writing or, like, you know, like, um, <laughs> not even, like, great drawings. Because, I mean... It's all about sort of juxtaposition and balance and all that stuff. Like, as long as you, like, you know, <laughs> you can actually create art. Like, I mean, somebody taped a banana to a wall. You can create fucking art out of anything. <laughs> well, there's, there are women who have painted with their damn menstrual blood. Yeah, there's people that have, like, enemaed fucking paint into the button oh yeah that. yeah so like yeah no literally anything is art like <laughs> but andy warhol this is our like recommendation it's like yo don't kill people just stick some art in your butthole and shit it and yeah. <laughs> get paid and get a pen and write it out <laughs> people will pay you for it they pay hey, man like, honestly, like, you can at least, like, get a little bit of a release there. And, like, um, I mean, once you get the funds together, you can go on a trip to a place like fucking Taiwan or a place where, like, lives don't matter. I mean. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They'll, they'll knock you with the wrong. Sure. Just go, go, like, kill a hobo. <laughs> Or, or like just keep like, just keep a journal and like whenever you're experiencing these fantasies, these feelings, just write it, write it exactly as you're feeling it. He could probably uh, just join the dark net. <laughs> oh yeah, of course. Well, I mean, if the trench coat mafia could turn to the internet in 1999, there's no reason why they couldn't do that now, you know. Yo, on that note. There's a documentary on this Tubi app on fucking uh, the Columbine 
thing. And it's really oh, in depth. I was watching and I was like, whoa. Like, and get this, like, what's really fucked up? I've watched a lot of American Horror Story and like the first season with that fucking Tate dude, they totally like nailed it. They like they they nailed it like in ways because the library was where it fucking got real fucked up, and yeah. that's like that's exactly what Columbine was, right? You, you and can like watch, you can watch all the footage online. It's kind oh, of oh, I know yeah. it's fucking yeah. nuts. Like, and I mean, in this Tubi thing that I saw, like actually, like I'm gonna say one thing about Tubi. Like, it has a lot of, like, there's a lot of stuff to to sift through. It's free, but it has a lot of crime and, like, murder, horror. Like, it is, like, up and up on, like, all of that. It's got, <laughs> like, for, like, documentaries, it's pretty decent. They got, like, one on H.H. Holmes. Yeah, he was fucked up. He was, like, in the mutilation and all that. Fucking... Like, yeah, I have like a little bit of a fascination with some of them. Like, well, you were you were still in high school when Columbine happened, and yeah, yeah, and like trenchcoat mafia stuff. Like that was like a running thing in Sackville. Like people would joke about that. Really? They're like, yeah, there was people that wore trench coats, but they were not. Like they're just like, but trenchcoat mafia was a thing. Like, wow. <laughs> well, I remember Chris Rock making a joke about it saying they're talking about being like the outcasts and shit and meanwhile there there were six of them six people mm-hmm. like did you have five friends in high school i i had like two dipshit friends in high school at, the, at a time i think i had a few um okay so when i got there like i transitioned from junior high to a high school right yeah so i had junior high friends and then like um, because, like, when I went into high school, it was an amalgamation of a couple other places. Like, there was new people that came into play, right? And there was a bunch of goth girls that I was like, oh, they look cool. Like, I want to be friends with them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hot. Hot and then, and then eventually we did. Like, it didn't take long. And then our, like, my friends that... I had from junior high and these girls, like, they kind of, like, came into it and, like, people started dating. It was actually pretty great. <laughs> like, the circle got a bit bigger and it was a lot of fun. <laughs> you know who I always felt bad for was um, there was these some guys who they were in grade nine. They still hadn't experienced their puberty growth. Oh, man. So they were still boys and they, their voices hadn't deepened yet. And they There's got a lot of first, you know. There was some of those in grade ten too. I remember. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes. Like they, they didn't quite hit it until it was like the last year. Yeah, and then you some, know, six foot five. Yeah. And all of a sudden, yeah. they're like you, like they come back one summer, and you're like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> what happened to you? <laughs> he sounds like Barry White, like. <laughs> oh yeah, a guy I went to <laughs> with became a giant later on. Yeah. yeah. Man, it was <laughs> high school and growing up like that. It was so awkward. Like, oh, man, yeah. like, don't you remember, like, how awkward it was, like, being around the people that you liked? You're like, oh, my God, there they are. And you're like, oh, don't look at them too much. And you're like, 
oh god like and then you'd like break out into sweats if they came near you like <laughs> oh yeah that was nerve-wracking man like it's like so funny and like now like i have like i'm like <laughs> when i look back on that shit it's like man i was so awkward back then like i can't believe it. i was like so awkward and like i shouldn't have worried as much like if i had the confidence I had now, I, like, I could have ruled that school. <laughs> well, it's you like, know? it's like, uh, they say, uh, youth is wasted on the young, right? It is, though. Yeah. It's true, because you're just so, like, caught up in the dumbest things. Oh, yeah. You we, are. Most young people totally squander those years. Yeah, you're like, you just don't, like, and you super don't appreciate it. Like, I don't remember a lot of my well a fair amount of my 20s like I like if I had to like chronically like kind of go through stuff I could write down a good chunk of it but like there'd be a lot of blanks in there you know like I'd have to like think on it because well, it's like after a while I think your memories get erased and replaced by new ones well when you're in your early, your early 20s you're drinking hard and uh, some people do a lot of drugs, and so, yeah, there's that factor. Well, yeah, and, I mean, things were a lot more cheaper back then, too. Oh, yeah, that's true. When you come to, like, when I think about it, like, it really was, like, that's the early 2000s, like. <laughs> Boy. Like, you could still buy a house for, like, nothing. <laughs> buy any, you could buy anything. And, uh, but but yeah. it was like at that point in time we're like fuck houses I'm going to the bar. <laughs> Nowadays you can't even buy enough food for the week Man, with bucks. There's yeah. a meme that says like you can't like monogamy not in this not in this economy. You need like seven people to buy a house. And I'm well, like it's true. <laughs> maybe that'll become the norm. You know maybe people like like the Golden Girls they'll be sharing houses. Yo. Like, I wouldn't mind that. You just find a few, like, fucking cool people that you can trust. Yeah. Like, bottom line, cool people you can trust. And, like, y'all have your own little spaces. You don't, like, you don't fuck with each other unless you want to. You know, like, Golden Girls is ideal. <laughs> yeah. I think some older ladies are doing that these days. Cause, uh, Man, why not? They tend to end up being uh, widowed and... Uh, yeah, I was going to say, like, some of us aren't married anymore. <laughs> yeah, there was one I, w- I read about four such women who live here in Ontario. Yep, they all share a house and they're happy with the arrangement. Saving money, so that's a good thing. So. Yeah. All right, so what's your first confession? I'm trying to pick my first one. I don't want to go. I'm not sure if I want to go with the. I'll go with the short one first. Just the lube things. Okay. Not. It says. Okay. This is the actual title. Not cut cut for the stage. Last but not least. That's how I was introduced at a poetry contest. Of course. Some in the audience yelled out. It's about time. My poetry presentation bombed. I was 12. The next time I was on, I went on stage was at Baby O Strip Joint. The audience, both men, were bombed. 
does nothing for your self-esteem. I was 18. Those were, were my first or my my two attempts at being on stage. A poetry reading at a strip club? Okay, so two separate. He he did a poetry reading first, and he was 12. Yeah. And then the next time he was on stage, he was at a strip club. Well, they I don't, don't know. Wanna- they don't. They only want to see naked chicks. Yeah, I don't think he like want. I don't think he did like a poetry reading at a strip club, but it would be kind of funny if he did. <laughs> yeah, it'd been, it would have been disastrous, like uh, Jenny and Forrest Gump singing and playing like, guitar for that strip. Club. Take off your clothes. <laughs> yeah, right. Have you have you ever gone to a strip club? Oh, yeah, I've gone to, like, quite a few, actually. You enjoyed it? My favorite was in Dallas, actually. In Dallas, they, like, the girls just, like, come up to you and basically molest you. Like, like, yeah, like, hang out with me. Yeah, like, no, here, like, and they're, like, come come up with their titties out and... Anyway, yeah, no, it's a good time. It's a really, really, really good time out there. So they... Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, actually, my girlfriend, she lives in Texas. She lives in Austin, and she's been to a strip club. And yeah, she said they came up to her and they just they love they love the chicks because they're like, I love you, like instantly. You're not gonna be a perv. Yeah, like they're probably not gonna get aggressive with them. Well, no, it's like (laughs) usually it's the strippers that are like, hey, like they like they're the like instigators. You're like, cool, like, because, I mean, I'm, like, I'm respectful enough to not just, like, I'm not going to, like, I don't know the rules, especially in, like, the U.S., right? I know in Canada, we don't touch no one, right? Like, that's how it works. So, like, oh, yeah, you don't yeah. touch anyone, and you get to see them fully naked. And this in the States, they don't get fully naked. They get, like, close to it. But they can whip their titties out, like, in oh, front of you. Sad. Yeah. Well, that sucks. I'm not I going, know. I'm not like, going the shows are, like, mostly clothed. Like, they'll get, like, as close as possible. Um, I remember actually reading, a, it, it's a, a book by Jenna Jameson, How to Make Love Like a Porn Star. She's oh, like, yeah. She's like, I wore these special thongs once when she was stripping that, like, they literally were, like, so tight and, like, whatever. You could see everything. And they made her, like, put, like, another pair of underwear, like, on kind of thing. Why? Because it was too much, right? Like Because of camel toe or something like that? Yeah. Like, it made, like, she made sure that it was, like, you know, the most scandalous. Like, it was actually the most scandalous underwear, like, you could put on. (laughs) (laughs) And I've seen something like that. I've seen strippers wear layers. Like in Dallas, like there was one girl, she had like neon and black stuff, and like her under, uh, like her under thong was definitely like super tiny. <laughs> I wonder if they could get away with like wearing glow in the dark paint in place of panties. I wonder if that'd be legal. Like turn the black lights on or something, or turn the lights off. Probably. Like, yeah. I don't know. It hmm. could be possible. Was that a good book? Oh, yeah. I enjoyed it, actually. Um, what was really cool about it was that um, 
she was like a stripper for a while. So like she stripped for a lot of people and there's insight on like how these people kind of were at that time. Um, Bruce Willis was like, he seen her strip and like pulled up to the strip club Asked, like, oh, got his bodyguard to go in and be like, you know, Bruce Willis wants you to come with him. And she thought that was pretty arrogant. So she was like, nah, fuck you. Like, <laughs> she told Bruce Willis to go fuck himself. And um, she said that Pantera was actually kind of rude. But they had probably been drinking that night. And one of her stories coincides with... um. Marilyn Manson's in Long Hard Road Out of Hell. Yeah, he dated her, yeah. Well, he, like, he met up with her for the private parts thing, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And they hung out, and um, she basically, in the book, was like, you know, he was a surprisingly really affectionate lover. Mm. So, I'm like, it's surprising to hear what came out about him. Because of what I know, like, what I read, I was like, oh, that's cool, like, hmm. you know, like. Now we're hearing the opposite, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, I mean, Rose McGowan and Dita Von Teese, like, they both, like, didn't have problems with him. So, like, maybe, like, who knows, maybe it was just, like, a really bad time and he was, like, on a drug, like, fucking bender psychosis thing. Yeah, it could have been that. Yeah, because I I know what those are. <laughs> I've seen that happen with people. Well, yeah, like when people, like if they do cocaine for a long time, like Richard Pryor had drug psychosis from freebasing, where he like he, <laughs> his girlfriend, he was gonna kill her and himself, and yeah, stuff's not to be fucked with. No, like you gotta be careful. You gotta have a good, a decent mental state, or at least like you know, a grasp on how reality actually is and not, and not be up for three days. Well, celebrities (laughs) are surrounded by what they call yes men, people who just get them whatever they want, nod their heads in agreement to everything they say. And so they live in this bubble where everything seems acceptable. It's accessible too. Accessible. Absolutely. All right. So here's my next confession. Um, I have a wonderful boyfriend. I love him to death. He loves me just as much. He constantly tells me about his past girlfriends and how they never actually loved him. I tell him that I love him and I'll never leave. I know he's not the one. One day I don't want to, but I'm going to leave him. I'm wondering if him constantly talking about his exes is pushing her away because I think like that's a big mistake in relationships. Uh, I mean, unless your partner asks you about your exes, but... Uh, isn't it kind of rude to keep talking about them? I feel that way. Um, I mean, uh, it depends on how fresh it is. But, I mean, if it's too fresh, then you shouldn't be dating. But, um, yeah, like, I find it's, like, it gets old fast. Yeah. You know, like, it gets old fast. Like, it's, like. After a certain point, you do have to kind of let it go and let your memories, like, with this person, like, exist. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, because it seems like there's unfinished business or something, you know? Yeah, and I mean, if it's like if it's like that, then, I mean, you got to do what you got to do to sort it out. You know, like, it's either, like, talk to the person and, like, say what's on your mind, but don't, like, keep bringing it into a situation that it isn't applicable to, right? Yeah, it isn't. Uh, you know, like, that would bother me just as much as if, like, they hung out with their ex. Like, some people... Some women are, are very adamant they must be friends with all their ex-boyfriends, and that I, I wouldn't be comfortable with that. But uh, I don't need to be friends with all my exes, but I don't feel I need to hold animosity to, like, all of them. Just, like, you know what I mean? Like, or not animosity, but, like, be like, I hate my ex and blah, blah, blah. Like, some of them, you just end up, it's like, well, we should have been friends before. You know, like, it, it just ends up that way, right? Well, it seems like with a lot of women, they want the guy to be the same, conf- they want the emotional connection, but it's not going to be the same, uh, and he doesn't really owe her the privilege of being a confidant afterwards, so, and his new girlfriend want, might not be happy about it either, so it's it's a difficult thing to maintain, maintain especially... If, you know, you have all that history together as a, you know, as for as a sexual relationship, romantic relationship. How do you? Is it really easy to shift gears and proceed as if it never happened? I mean, sometimes I've had that. I mean, like sometimes those gears shift before you break up, and well, that's, that's why yeah. you know you got to break up. Yeah, because there are people who, they work as friends, but not as a couple. That's or you just, like, it just dawns on you that day. And, like, you try to kind of make it work. And you're like, well, maybe that was just a fleeting thought, right? But then it just reoccurs, reoccurs, and you're like, no, no. I got to, like, you know, so that I'm not wasting this person's time. Like, that's my biggest thing. It's like, time is fleeting. Like, the biggest respect that you can do is leave a situation if it's not working you know don't waste somebody's time exactly yeah because you know you don't get it back you don't no you don't and if you're not there 100 percent, like that's another reason to not fuck with anyone right it's like well if you're only going to be there like fucking 50 percent commit to it like that much that person can do that too and you guys can just be dating, you know, but like in a like relationship relationship, it's like sort of like a hundred percent both ways, right? Like And there are people who treat those relationships as if they're just friendships like kind of casually dipping in and out of their life, which just I feel like that is definitely a waste of time. Oh yeah. You know? You just kind of You're break. stringing somebody along. Yeah, yeah. It's not fair. No. All right, what's your next confession? All right, let's go with the fucking red one here. This one seems racist. I just skimmed it, so, like, bear with me. (laughs) Yeah, I came across a racist one there. Someone hates, like, uh, Indian people. That's the one. (laughs) Yeah, I I don't know if they ban those or not. Well, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to talk about it. So... (laughs) But I think there's a lot of closet racism in the world. I think well, that- yeah, I mean, honestly, we all hate each other for different reasons. 
Yeah. Like, <laughs> sometimes the hatred is compartmentalized, you know. Yeah, I mean, like, honestly, like, it, and I mean, we all have, okay, so, like, before we get started on this one, we'll just touch on this. <laughs> um, <laughs> I feel like we all have things that happen to us in our lives that, like, it's sad, but it kind of validates our reasons for having apprehensions about yeah. certain people. We're not we're not condoning racism. I just no, to- no. But you can be apprehensive yeah. about certain people because of the things that happened to you. Yeah. Say you got gangbanged by a bunch of people. Like, well, I would be afraid of, you know, like groups of people or like, you know, like it's like it kind of goes across the board. It's 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 a almost like this one right here is almost black and white. As weird as that sounds, it's like, you know, you associate your your trigger with the thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's not by fault. Like, it's just because it was so horrific. You know, like, that's your trigger. Like, sorry, but, like, <laughs> you know, and, it, like, you got to do whatever you got to do to, like, get over it. And, I mean, that's sort of like a self-help deal. And, like, I mean... Not everybody really wants to tackle trauma head on. Well, I interviewed a woman who was uh, abducted and and gang raped by three black men in the States, and she's white. She doesn't hate black men. She doesn't hate black people. But when she avoids black men, it is a trigger. So it's it's something that she's kind of stuck. Exactly. It's It's the fault of the guys who did that to her. That's exactly. And it's not anything against the whole group of people. It's just the fact that that was what happened to her, you know, like, and that's like, to me, I'm like, rightfully so. Like, you can't call that racism. Yeah. yeah, Like, you can't really put that under the racism file. You can, that's the trigger file. <laughs> yeah, it is a trigger, yeah. Maybe, you know, like. And that's something like, that can be improved in time. Like, ra- racism and triggers, like, it's so funny. Like, pe- I feel like people get that confused a little bit. Yeah. Because, like, you know, you can't judge what happens to somebody in their life. And sometimes they have reasons for, like, what they're scared of, what they're apprehensive about, and what they're, you know, what they avoid. So, like, that's why I say that, you know, it's like a, usually it is having to do with triggers, having to do with, like, something traumatic. So, like, you can't just be like, oh, you're racist because of blah, 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 because people usually blanket statement that. And I, I don't like that. Like, there's a lot of people that are just like, Oh, blah, 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 like, and they will, like, they'll cut you off before you finish, you know, like. Well, we, throughout our evolution, you know, we lived in, in these clans, these packs, and we viewed strangers with uh, suspicion and paranoia. Yeah. They make, could ver- they could very well have wished us harm, and so now we're at a point where we still have that thinking, and uh, it's hard to get rid of, but I mean, Prejudice comes probably in, in thousands of different forms that have nothing to do with race. So it's a, it's a complex thing. I really thing. like that approach, actually. Like, that is a good, valid, very good, valid point. Because we all have that tribal instinct in us. We just don't always recognize it, right? 
Well, like in Alberta, <laughs> fucking <laughs> Calgarians hate Edmontonians and vice versa. They can't they, like I, I this guy I used to be friends with his wife. Uh, she went her family moved to Calgary for a while, but they were originally from Edmonton. And she said like the hatred was so intense, like kids were chasing her home up to her front step. Like it was that bad. It is yeah. uh, really weird. And like how different are those people from each other? Right. Or North and South Korea. So, I mean. It's, oh, it's- I know. I know. And North and South Korea, like, honestly, that is, like, the best, like, fucking example right there. Like, they're, they're so different. People. Yeah. It's it's weird. But, you know, a lot of prejudice and racism often do have roots politically and culturally and historically. It can It's caused by a lot of different things. And it's very complicated sometimes. So, I don't know if bigotry will ever be stamped out. Well, you know? I don't remember what Korea it is. Is it North? Well, that's the bad the, one. Yeah, that's the communist one. Well, right? it's a yeah, it's a dictatorship. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, it might not be communist exactly, but it, yeah, it's not. It's not good there. Things are not good. I'm like, you need somebody like, if you're white, you need somebody to take you in there, like. Oh, yeah. That's how you get in there. Like, you need, like, a guide. You need somebody who can get you in. If I was Because you're not getting out. Like, <laughs> Well, if I was going to go there, I'd have to make sure not to mention that I work in media at all because they won't, they won't allow journalists. Or if they even suspect that you could write about it when you get back home, they'll th- throw you in jail and you'll be there for... Yeah, the worst ever. jail ever. The oh, worst yeah. jail ever. You're there for at least five to ten before anybody tries to get you out. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then, and then it's like a whole big to-do with your government having to deal with their... Totally. totally. Your government had to pay, like, fucking $1 trillion <laughs> to get you out. Something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. It'd be fucked up. Oh, man. Okay, I didn't read the thing. Do you want me to read it? Or is oh, it like... Yeah. <laughs> Because I think we read the same thing, but I mean, this is for the audience, I guess. Yeah. All right, cool. <laughs> Let's read it. Why are Indians Indians? <laughs> I fucking hate all Indians in this world or anywhere else in the universe. This is, like, super harsh. Like. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> Sorry, trigger warning, whatever. <laughs> And this is not us writing this. Is we're reading somebody else's. Oh yeah, I saw it. (laughs) It's like once again we are disclaimering this. (laughs) Uh, This includes all Indo-Pacs or Indo-Pac, Bengal, Pakis, Indians genetics. They stink. (laughs) They love littering the earth. They love to bear envy. They love. They always stare at others. Who aren't Indians like extreme pervs? They're rapists. They don't know hygiene. Westerners are giving too many chances to these shithole beings. Oh my god. Wow. Even in movie or show castings these days. This is like extreme racism. Like, again, do not condone what this person is writing. I'm reading something. This is not my thoughts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I will tell my thoughts afterwards. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, I feel like we get to, like, tell the audience this because it's pretty harsh. Um, 
they're even taking away too many jobs because they're too cheap, not because they're smart. They know they're, Jesus. Okay. They know they can't survive if white men hadn't at all give them all the academics and jobs all these hundreds of years. What the fuck nuke the whole entire region on the continent they come from? Fuck all Indians. Fuck Jesus. Okay. I'm sorry. I skimmed that. So, like, I only read the first two bars and I was like, ooh, this is spicy, but I didn't know it was going to be like El Caliente. Well, but- we're talking about, well, I mean, the, the culture of the West and, and those Eastern cultures. It sounds like it's Alberta. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's just like no compatibility. It's they They have a really hard time you know adjusting to life here and we would it would be impossible for you to live there as as a as a woman that'd be a fucking nightmare for you uh oh yeah man. it's just yeah the, i don't know it's not that i condone the writer's attitude but it is hard to understand how they live the way they do so some people just get frustrated about it well okay so um the way I see it, it's, like, years and years and years, and it's, like, almost, like, DNA stuff, too, because, like, they come from arranged marriages, like, things are pretty, like, tight-knit, and um, you don't get exposed to a lot of things, like, when you come to, you know, the Americas, or, you know, like, this, this area, when, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean, like, you got sex shops, you got free porn, you got, like, stuff that's not digitalized, because, like, in Japan, look at that. This is why these people, like, come off rapey, because they've, like, been held back, right? That's Yeah, exactly. It's like you repress something, it comes back. Yeah, and, I mean, this is the thing, like, I've always said, like, I mean, this is, like, almost what, like, it gets into psychology, it's like, you can't deny certain things of human nature because of the fact that, like, deviations like this will will happen. Like, they'll come out in other ways. Well, it's weird because um, if if you and I were to – if we were in India and I shook your hand in public, like, people would, would frown upon that. They'd judge me for it. But yet, I need to have an escort anywhere I go. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And be covered. <laughs> Because if you didn't, it, it, there'd be guys, like, groping you all over the place. Uh, maybe you'd get raped. Yeah, uh, but the, the reason yeah. for that is, well, I mean, yes, like, if I was alone, that could happen. But, like. I mean, that is the truth. I am I am being, I am someone's property. That's why I can go out. Yeah, exactly. Well, I, I, read, I read a story by a white girl who went there. Uh, it might have been a student exchange program, but I'm not sure. But. So she stayed in the household of a typical Indian family, and uh, the patriarch, like, he kept, like, trying to be affectionate with her, like, sitting too close on the couch and shit, but right. she, she just assumed, like, well, maybe he means well, he's just getting too familiar, but then yeah. one night she woke up. It progressed. Yeah, one night she woke up at, like, 3 o'clock in the morning or something, and he's diddling her and, like, playing with himself, and uh, so she had to leave that morning, of course. Uh, and she said whenever she was walking down the street, like, fucking guys are just, like, coming out of nowhere all over the place, like, asking her, are you married? All these questions, you know? Yeah. 
I had this chick that um she she was a uh, she's like a uh, Syrian and yeah. um and she's like I like the Syrian community here which I didn't think was like a whole lot like I mean I'm ignorant to that but like they all talk but to me I'm just like that's Halifax you know <laughs> like yeah that's the way it is it's like a small place and people are gonna talk like that's what they like to do best so um like she can't even do much here and her community acts almost like they know it's not the same way yeah within their neighborhood though they yeah but I mean she has a boyfriend that like beats her and things like that though yeah. like and i'm like okay like, <laughs> well, there's like, a neighborhood don't fuck with that guy like well there's a neighborhood in london england where like i think everyone's a muslim and uh if a girl's going go walking down the neighborhood and she's not wearing a hijab like a guys will harass her like demand yeah. wearing your hijab. yeah she went without her like her thing for a while right like she was younger right and living in Ontario and uh she went without her thing and she's showing me pictures and she's actually really cool like I like her a lot like she's one of my favorite people she just can't sit for a tattoo very good yeah but uh um I do love her to pieces and she's showing me pictures of that and she's like you know now like she just it's a choice because I think that she gets less ridicule if she does well, the, it. Well, the, the thing, the other thing is that if she chooses not to wear it, like I think her family might just completely cast her out. She'll have no. Well, family. the thing is, she's in Canada now. Yeah. Does her family live there? Um, I don't know. I haven't dug that far back, but I yeah, know that she's got like kids and like a couple like family scenarios. Like she's got. Her ex-husband and her boyfriend or something. So. Yeah, because they really will kind of carry on. Like, they'll pretty much think, like, well, we don't have a daughter anymore. Like, if if they rebel like that, they really do have that attitude. Like, Oh, I know. Um, actually, one of my younger friends, too, like, she's a, she's part Persian. And it was like that. Oh, yeah. Like she, she felt she would get disowned for things. Totally. And they won't turn back, either. That's the way it'll be for the rest of her life yeah i think they like had disowned their older older sister and she was like she was the middle child there's like two sisters her and then twins but the twins were a boy and a girl well it makes me wonder did they ever i don't know like older like actually no i was like six kids well, it makes me wonder, did they ever love her in the first place, if they could... Because, I mean, like, oh, man, everybody says the middle child gets, like, the shittiest, like... That's true, too, yeah. You know, like, everybody says it. The middle child is, like, you know, doesn't get the best treatment. Well, in that in those cultures, they don't want to have girls. They just want boys. I know, and they had, a, like, they had a few girls. They had yeah. two boys and, like, four, three girls. Three and girls. And if you're, like, one of the boys, you can, like, wake up your sister at 2 o'clock in the morning and make her fix you something to eat. And they have to do it. Imagine yeah. that. Yeah, no, I think that family, like, they, they were past that. They were actually, like, the kids were, like, a bond unit, like, against the parents, yeah. you know? Like, <laughs> they're, like, they were really cool. Because, like, I, I know... Uh, 
one of the the kids, he actually turned out to be a really sick DJ. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, <laughs> it's so crazy, that dynamic. Like, um, and, I mean, I, I'm not racist when I say it, but the brown families like that, like, there's, like, it depends on where you're from, you know, how serious it can be in the household. But usually, like, the men are the ruler. And uh, you have your, like, in-laws in the house sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I met an Indian girl who, uh, she and her husband lived with his family after they got married. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, the best part is, is that usually the in-laws are at the, like, they're, they're doing stuff still. They, like, they cook and... You know, do all that stuff. Like, the dynamic is actually pretty cool because that's the one thing that's the same with uh, um, the, uh, like, India and things like that, like, those those places. And uh, Japan and the Asias, like, they're, like, they usually have their, their family there and their family will help with things. Yeah, and if someone loses their job, it doesn't, that means, you know, the yeah, family just because, I mean, the young ones are usually the ones pulling in the dough. They're the ones that can still work. And, like, you know, the, like, the stuff at home is usually, like, not high pressure, especially how, if you have, like, you know, a few people there. So. Yeah, they can pick up the slack. Yeah, exactly. They can kind of, like, I mean... They don't do, like, I, I'm assuming, like, chores are kind of split up. It's, like, whatever people can do, they do, right? Because yeah. a lot of these people, they do have fairly big families, except for, like, uh, China and Japan, where they, like, are only allowed to have a couple, like, one yeah, kid. Yeah, one child. <laughs> yeah. But, but, yeah, the other places where they can have, like, a couple kids or whatever, the kids, like, will end up helping and... Oh, yeah. Okay, so uh, my last confession, the title is a, it's a nice, wholesome title. I want to be <laughs> kidnapped and raped. So, I, like, I knew you were going to say that. Like, when you said wholesome, I was like, I know what one you got. <laughs> All right, so uh, for a few years now, I've had the intense desire to be kidnapped and raped. I thought again and again about what would happen and how it would happen. I've even put myself in positions that are not safe just so there was a possibility of being abducted. I started masturbating to the fantasy of being molested when I was 12. When I was 16, I started watching rape porn, and I can't stop. I even will purposely go to guys' apartments and get really close just to see if they will take advantage of the situation. I'm now 18, and I dream of older men tying me down and having sex with me. So is this legitimate rape, do you think? Like, I mean, I don't know. Because like, I'm wondering if it, had, if it was real rape, I wonder if maybe she would not she wouldn't It would have to be a consensual it. rape. <laughs> but then that's not even rape, is it? No, it's not. Like, But, I mean, like, basically what you got to do is be like, okay, you have to, like, arrange it, but, like, arrange it so, like, that person can just, like, surprise you. But give yeah. them, like, it's, like, it's weird. Like, I, <laughs> I had to think about this one because, like, I also was, like, 
kind of into the like into the the fantasy of that um for different reasons like sort of like the robber caught kind of thing or like um I don't know like there's like scenarios where there's danger involved and danger is like it it definitely makes people frisky so maybe a male aggression um, certainly must be attractive to some women you know the definitely so maybe that's what a, a lot of what it's about as well yeah i mean i don't really know exactly where it stems from i think it's like definitely a submissive trait thing like it's like Every, like, not all submissives, but, like, there's some submissives that, like, deep down they have sort of that same thing. But it's, like, you have to have some sort of control because no one actually wants to be, like, rape-raped, you know? Like, yeah. by someone they don't know. Like, because there's a lot of other things that are involved, you know? It's, like, did I catch something? Did, like, I just get pregnant? Like, with, what anyway. Like, there's things. There's things to worry about. So, it's, like, you kind of almost have to arrange a rape scenario. Like, one of my things was, like, I wanted to be, like, kidnapped. Yeah. Like, because I seen it in, like, Jawbreaker. The movie Jawbreaker, where they, like, they played a prank on their birthday girl, whatever, where they, like, you know, they totally, like, kidnapped her. Or, like, they did it in um, uh, old school where they hazed them and they, like, they, you know, came up in a van and, like, totally kidnapped them and then hazed them after, right? Like, part of me was, like, that would be sick. But if I thought I was in real danger, I would probably go on a killing spree. The thing about... (laughs) The thing about the abduction scenario is that if it is arranged, if it is fake... Uh, what if there are witnesses and they call the cops and everything you have to explain and then uh, that's going to kill your mom. Yeah, you almost have to like do it where like, you know, like there's not going to be too many people, too many witnesses, yeah, like you know, like tree or something like that. Yeah, it's like you really have to orchestrate it almost like the other person has probably got to be like a super creep to make it really work and be like sellable because like. You kind of have to let the person know it's like it's going to happen between like these times and give it like the broadest spectrum you can, but like also within times that work with them. Right. And, and would that also include fighting back? Because I'm wondering. Well, I mean, like you got to have to you're going to have to have that talk. Because right? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I mean, part of me would be like it would be kind of cool if like in the back of the truck like you know they like i was totally blindfolded and this person that abducted me was like kind of feeling me a little bit and like talking to me like kind of like creepily you know like it'd be like kind of cool it like said it but then you're kind of like well who's driving the car you gotta make sure that person's okay with everything yeah (laughs) Because, I mean, like, this is not something that you can totally pull off, right? Like, you need to, like, really plan it. But, I mean, there's, I mean, if you, say, like, had someone you trusted, you lived in an apartment alone, you could always give them, like, a duplicate key, right? 
and have like a safe word with them. Yeah, that was gonna I was gonna mention the safe word earlier. You gotta have a safe word. You know, like and then at least that like, <laughs> oh man, can you imagine if say like Buddy just like got jumped and like somebody was like like stalking him like this is crazy like ADD scenario, but like somebody was stalking him and like some stranger comes in and then like fucking like you know, doing all this stuff and the person's like, Wait, like this doesn't seem like you. And they say the safe word, and the other person's like, what? <laughs> well, I mean, I think aren't most women who are in the BDSM, they're masochists, right? They're on the receiving end. I think they... Oh, well, yeah. So, yeah, so this is like the extreme of that. This goes beyond whips and chains, right? Yeah. Or would you consider them to be equally as intense? Well, okay, so I've been whipped with, like, an Indiana Jones, like, bullwhip before, and that shit, like, that, that, like, takes some constitution. You gotta be ready for that, right? Like, um, whips and chains, like, depends on if you're, like, being, like, hung up and stuff and Do you have the scars? Do you have, like, the vertical scars? No, no, it didn't scar me. I didn't break my skin open like it did with, like, Jesus or, like roots you know what i mean like <laughs> it didn't do that like it didn't it, it was just like a few really good fucking like like i got like i got i think about 10 or 15 like cracks in there yeah that thing no i, I mean i'll do it again just to prove that i got balls but like <laughs> but it did hurt obviously it did hurt I'm not even fucking, like, won't even lie. That was, like, that was some shit. But, like, the guy who did it, like, even though he's, turns out he kind of ended up being a sexual predator. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Things came out. Well, that's Um, the thing, because if you are, since he did have permission to do that, that probably did kind of draw something out of him, and he ran with it. Oh, yeah, no, I mean, like, he's he's cool. Like, I mean, we, like, uh, okay, not cool. Okay. There was, like, a couple of instances where it was, like, he took, like, a little bit more freedom than I had allowed, we'll say. That's a violation yeah. of, of the etiquette in that world, right? It is. Yeah. It is. And, like, he wasn't totally... Um, communicate like he didn't communicate as well as he could have and also at the end of what i had known about him he's like yeah i'm not on my medication anymore and i was like oh that's not good <laughs> no especially not when you got a whip in your hand yeah no i mean like that that was like way after but yeah i mean like what he said was way after but yeah still it was just like um, I believe you sound like somebody who should be, like, on your medication. So, um, anyway, this is cool. It's been fun. Like, <laughs> it's not a documentary about that culture. And um, there was a guy who, he and this woman had one of those uh, arrangements where the masochistic person, like, lives in a trunk or something. And they're just kept down there and... The dom opens it up whenever they feel like it to feed them or whatever. and But eventually she just decided she wanted out and 
and he 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 was he seemed deranged. He just said, "I don't know where she got the idea that she can be autonomous and be free and all this shit." Like he was, he um, was so he's the wrong some, person. <laughs> yeah, some of them seemed to like really get lost in it and and lose touch with reality. I guess. Yeah. No, I I mean I've known a few different kind of doms in my life, and I mean. A lot of the doms that I've known have in, inevitably listened to me um, as a sub. But um, I think I've probably spent most of my life as a dom. And a, like kind of like a semi-regretful one. Well, <laughs> it's female, like, um, female doms can make some serious bank. Oh, I know. And I should have made more bank, but I like literally did not make any bank on that. That was like my relationships. Because <laughs> I know there's one that peer who, who's been doing She's been in the news and uh, she's really not that attractive and uh, she made a living at it. So, yeah, you could you could probably still do it. Oh, yeah. No, um, I actually got one person. He's like. He wants to be my little sissy boy, and he's got, like, a dick cage and wants to buy me shoes that he can lick and things like that. And I'm, like, trying to figure it out. Like, right now, I just live at home. (laughs) So I'd have to, like, literally, like, kind of spend the night with the guy or, like, figure something out for after. See, maybe that would be part of the lead-up, like, where you say you'll do it and then not and then back, you know, torture him mentally. I've been able to like kind of keep him in the loop pretty good. Yeah, that's like, and I, I like I have kind of been doing that like inadvertently. <laughs> I like I got banned on my other profile, so um, he he actually came and found me to like my new one, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, hey, like I'm sorry, I like got a ban and. No, I've been kind of actually been keeping this one alive pretty good. So it's just a matter of finding a time where it works out because I want my new shoes and I totally don't mind like degrading somebody so long as I know the like guidelines because the last thing I want is going too far and finding out the guy is like they're passed on. Yeah, yeah. That's like literally my worst nightmare. I'm like, this is why I don't do degradation. Like, <laughs> well, maybe people need to start signing waivers, you know? Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, all right. So, what's your last confession? Um. Okay. <clears throat> I gotta open my phone up again here. I need advice, please. So I'm 15 going to 11th grade next year. I have to do online school for about, or I had to do online school for about three years now because when I hit middle school, everything went downhill. But now my mom wants me to go back to public and be social. But here's the problem. I have a vision problem where I can't see really well and glasses don't work for me, which makes me different from most teens in school because I have to use things differently. And plus, I'm a little cross-eyed. Aw. Teens are very judgmental, and I'm scared I'll get bullied 
I'd not make many friends because I'm different when it comes to my eyesight. When I used to be in public school, I always got made fun of for being cross-eyed. Aww. And if I were her father, what I would be scared about is the possibility of her getting raped with a vision problem because it would be easy for someone to see. I didn't see him coming. Yeah, and and also she wouldn't be able to identify them. This is terrible. (laughs) I I know I took it into a very dark direction, but... Well, I have I uh, I know a woman who's contemplating moving <laughs> to Africa or Jamaica, and I'm hoping she doesn't move to Africa because they have a very serious problem with rape there. She's a white woman. She's got kind of a hefty financial background, to put it that way, with family ties. She women who don't have vision problems there can't go out at night without getting raped. I'm hoping she's not going to move to Africa. Um, so yeah, I mean, a woman who's, cause she's, she's blind too. So blind women are just incredibly vulnerable in that regard. So that's, it seems like bullies should be less of a concern than rape, but that's me, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, no, sorry. Um, I wasn't laughing at that. <laughs> But I, I do dig. I wasn't laughing at rape. Rape is not funny unless it's from a clown. Um, no, just kidding. I do dig. <laughs> I understand about the bullying. Obviously, yeah, kids. Yeah, suck. no, like honestly, kids are super harsh. Yeah. Um, but I think there is something that you could do for like being cross-eyed. I'm not sure what, but I mean, if you go to like vision people, they might have something. Because I mean, I think some glasses actually like. I know they said, like, glasses don't work for them, but, like, is it, like, an aesthetic thing or they, like, doesn't work at all? It might be like her vision is so poor. Well, I think there are, for some, uh, sometimes when someone's blind to such a degree that, no, it doesn't matter how thick the glasses are, they could be bubbles glasses. Yeah, I was going to say bubbles is, like, (laughs) my first thought. Yeah, she might. She must be legally blind because. Uh, and what I didn't know until I went through a phase where I interacted with a lot of blind people is only 10% of the blind population is completely sightless. A lot of them do have there are varying degrees of blindness. Yeah. Uh, so she's pretty much blind, and and it sucks that on top of suffering from that, she's also suffering from the slings and arrows of bullying. Yeah. Yeah, there was Yeah, a, no, the bullying thing is like bullshit. Oh yeah, they'll 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 find any excuse to bully you. Oh man. They like they find like honestly what it is, they'll find the weakest looking person and pick on them. So like as long as you're not like a weak looking motherfucker, you have confidence, like you have to almost fake it till you make it. You know, like <laughs> Well, you know, poor like, advice. It really is poor advice. High school but, is like prison in the sense that if you don't fight back, if you don't, if you yeah, uh, you gotta assert your dominance. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta let people know that if they're gonna try and bully you, that yeah, I ain't fucking life. around. <laughs> yeah, they, you just gotta make them think. You know what? Uh, you fuck with me, and it's it, it's not gonna pay off for you. It's just gonna create problems. And maybe the kind of problems you won't walk away from. So Exactly. Like, fucking, 
honestly, all is fair and like love and war, right? So if somebody's picking on you and you get to the point where it's like you had enough, you can spider monkey their ass. Well, yeah, it's like, psychological damage after a certain point. Yeah, I love that idea of you know kids taking <laughs> self defense courses. Like, yeah, kick if there's someone's gonna try to beat you up, kick their ass. Yeah, man, totally. Like, you know what? You gotta be able to defend yourself because the world is a fucking cruel place. What's gonna happen when you go travel somewhere unknown, and like you find yourself in a fucking dark alley? You don't know what to do. But, yeah, and yeah. I was thinking about how uh, girls... I get creative. <laughs> I was thinking about how girls who are willing to get into fisticuffs, fist fights, they're in, in kind of a privileged position because most girls won't fight back. So they can really control at least the female contingent of the high school. Any girl who's willing to fight will hit another girl. Yeah. Yeah, no, um, I got to go off topic for a second. I just, like, checked my phone, and my friend made fun of me for watching Free Willy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? And, like, the person, like, that did, <laughs> I was like, say what you will, the kid's name's Jesse. And, <laughs> like, it was too funny, because, like, it's, like, same name. <laughs> we got to, like, bleep out that name, though. Like, you just feel like, kid's name is... Boop. You could put an orca name or orca sound there. <laughs> how many? But yeah. How many Free Willy movies were there? I think. There was I don't know. I just watched the first one, man. Like I actually had that on VHS. Oh I yeah. I had it on VHS and I watched it a few times and I was like, I like I saw it on Tubi and I was like beside myself. I was like, oh my god, I just saw Free Willy on here. And, like, probably about two years ago, I watched Cool Runnings. <laughs> oh, I never saw that one either. Yeah. Man, Cool Runnings is so good. Oh, yeah. It is good. It's like, I mean, I watched that coming coming down from acid, mind you. <laughs> I was like, I want to watch Cool Runnings. <laughs> Damn. But, yeah, no, it was too funny. Like, my friend was like, Watching fucking Free Willy, she says, and I'm like, <laughs> say what you will. The kid has your name. <laughs> yeah. But, like, what's even better is that the kid is giving fucking Michael Madsen shit. I'm like, buddy, like, this is the guy from Reservoir Dogs. Like, Donnie really Brass- really- <laughs> Mr. Blonde. What? Is Mr. Blonde, he shot up all those people at the gym. Yeah, man, it was fucking, you're fucking with Mr. Blonde. Like, <laughs> so I guess that when that movie came out, you were, like, really young, right? You were, like... What? Still- uh, when did Reservoir Dogs come out? Well, that came out in 92. I think Free Willy 92? came out in 94 or 95. Okay, no, I was, like, 10 when Reservoir Dogs came out. Oh, okay. But when yeah. Free Willy came out, you were probably... 12. 12, yeah. Yeah, because I was born in 82. Yeah. In so, the summer, so, like, later. <laughs> yeah, I think... Way uh, later. <laughs> I probably viewed it as being beneath me or something, because, you know, when what, you're... Free late, Willy? <laughs> you know how late teens are, there's, they think... Oh, yeah, they're like, fuck kids. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I was still stuck under my parents' wing for a bit there, and then, like, you could only rent these things, so... You know, we had, like, I had, like, a lot of Disney movies on VHS. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like animated films. 
Yeah, no, it was too funny. Like, yeah, I, I was, like, going through this, like, fucking Tubi app, and I'm, like, so surprised. They got fucking Waiting on there. They got a bunch of Ryan Reynolds movies. They got, like, Van Wilder. I, have to, I admit, I only saw The Lion King recently, and I enjoyed it. Really? Oh, I love The Lion King. It's yeah, such a great movie. Like, I, like, I was a Disney kid through and through. Through and through. Like, I saw... um. A Little Mermaid in theaters, Lilo and Stitch, which is way later. I was like 20, like something. And my parents were like, What do you want to do for your birthday? I'm like, I want to see Lilo and Stitch. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> I totally will choose Disney and cartoons. Like, I'm a big kid. I'm so yeah. a big kid. And like, I'm not a Disney fanatic, but I know like cert like I know certain things will be good, right? And like now, like, a lot of the later Disney movies take me a while to watch because they're not the classic ones, you yeah. know? Like, it's not the same. But um, there's a few that are really good. Um, I highly recommend Coco. It's a Mexican Day of the Dead-themed one. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's so good. I mean, and it's morbid. It's, like, so morbid, like, because it's about death. Like, <laughs> there's this thing I heard about... Um, it might have been The Little Mermaid, but I could be wrong. But someone told me there's like a – in one of the, these movies that came out in the early to mid-90s that somebody says, kids, off with your clothes or or to someone else, off with your clothes. But there was – I don't know. Somehow – yeah, somebody told me that. There's like in one of those animated movies that came out back then. Which one? I'm not sure. It might have been The Little Mermaid. Uh, oh, um, there's a lot of little hidden things. Okay, so in The Lion King, um, there's a part where Mufasa is talking to, like, baby, uh, baby Lion King. <laughs> yeah. <Simba. laughs> like, I can't remember his name right now. Simba. <laughs> yeah, Simba. So he's talking to him, like, from the clouds. And as the clouds whisk away, the clouds spill out sex. They really do? Wow. Yeah, I've seen it. It's true. It's very true. Um, and it's like definitely in the VHSs. Um, in the original VHS in the Little Mermaid, there is a dick in the castle. Oh in the front really? picture. You can see it. And like once you see it, you can't unsee. Um, and also the priest that is marrying the sea witch. Oh wait. No, it's not the sea witch one. It's when they're like when he's marrying Ariel and Prince Eric. Um, he's got a boner, but it's actually his knee. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, so like yeah. If you like look at his crotch, you like see it, but like you're like, oh no, that's supposed to be his knee. Like it's a bit of a stretch, right? But uh. Yeah, there's a, like there's a few little hidden things, like perverted things, and like in Dumbo, things were very racist. The oh. crows. Okay, here, here's what I was thinking about. So uh, this was actually in Aladdin. So people thought that oh, he, he people thought that he said to this girl, "Good teenagers, take off your clothes." But I, I don't think he actually said. Oh uh, yeah, there's like there's a part. Yeah. yeah, no, you're you're kind of right. There is like there's. And a lot of, like, the ones that, like, 
they were released between the 80s and the 90s. <laughs> like, or 80s and 2000s, we'll say, like early 2000s, like 2000. Yeah. It mentions right? what you were telling me earlier. It says, during The Little Mermaid, uh, the minister definitely pops a boner during yeah. the scene. Yeah. <laughs> At the yeah. Flat, the cloud with the up, like, honestly, I looked up all those things because, like, it popped up and, like, it's like, and it, like they say, like the original, and I had this, like I actually had the VHS, and I saw the boner fucking castle. Like, <laughs> there's a dick in the castle, like straight up. There's there's a dick in the castle. Like, <laughs> it's like a tattoo artist thing, you know? Like, you know. <laughs> One thing that's not so subtle is that uh, somebody made like a dick. <laughs> Did you ever see the pornographic version of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs? Like, it was made decades no. ago. Yeah, it was... I mean, this wasn't subtle. This was just pornographic. Some guy did it on the lamb, I guess. He just did it secretly somewhere. But, yeah, there's, like, an orgy, I guess. Like, a gang... I guess the dwarves gangbang Snow White. Damn. Yeah. So, there's a, there's a really cool video that Ramstein did where they, they portrayed Snow White. And it's so good. Like, basically, like, I, I like this portrayal. They did it really well. So I'm going to try and find, like, what it is. So I'll send you the link. But, like, once you see it, you'll be like, oh, damn. And also, also, oh, it was Sleeping Beauty. Anne Rice did uh, a few books where she, like, reinvented some of the fairy tales. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Sleeping Beauty actually was kind of rapey, but, like, hot. Well, she reinvented the vampire, right? I think she pretty much changed. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, she did, like, and that was, like, the best, like, one of the best vampire things ever. I mean, before she came along, it, it was just, like, Dracula, right? And then she kind of turned into something else. I don't know if there were vampire because Count Dracula was the first vampire and I think, didn't she kind of introduce the idea of, like, a younger man who wasn't a count? Um, for, like, what do you mean, like? Well, like, it was always the guy, you know, wearing a tuxedo and... Oh, well, yeah, I guess, like, because, I mean, her vampires date back to, like, ancient times, too. Yeah. You but know? They, like, Lestat was, like, a more youthful kind of guy and... Even if he was... Uh, Lestat was kind of like... Okay, so there's Lestat, and who is Brad Pitt? I forgot what his character was. Yeah, I don't remember either. But yeah, that was... But he was the more caring one, but Lestat was like... He had kind of just come to terms with the fact that he's immortal. He's been around for so long, so his, like... His gauge on things is definitely different than that than Brad Pitt's character, right? I, I, um, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if they remade that movie. I can see that happening, or or, or made another version of uh, Interview with the Vampire. That seems like something they could do at this point. Did you like the one that they made in the nineties? Which one? The Interview with the Vampire with Brad. I liked that. Yeah. Um. It was like. It was very interesting because um, Kristen Dunst, like, definitely kind of had, like, she did really well. She had, like, that Lolita doll 
thing happening that I was just like, okay, like, you're, like, you're grown up. (laughs) Yeah. You know, like, that, like, you can't, like, she did really well in that role as, what was it, Claudette? I think it was Claudette. Yeah, I think that was her name, yeah. Yeah, I read the book, and the book was really good. I I quite enjoyed that book. It was so good. And Tom Cruise was surprisingly good as Lestat, right? Or Well, did you like him in that role? Yeah, I mean, he did really well. Um, I guess I'd, I'd have to say, like, for Tom Cruise, like, that role would be a second. My favorite role was him in Tropic Thunder. Oh, yeah, me too. Yeah, well, for me, number one is Tropic Thunder. I love that. And then number two would be Frank T.J. Mackey and Magnolia. I like that performance, too. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay, hang on. Uh, I'm sending you the link. Like, that's what I'm doing. (laughs) Uh, There we go. I found it. This like this video is like super cool. You're like, I like how they portray the dwarves. Like the dwarves is a band. It actually ends up being the band, but it's like super like kind of dark and like, it's cool. So I sent that to you. Yeah, you could watch that after. <laughs> wow. Well, on that note, uh, thank you for joining me once again. Yeah. No problem. And have yourself a great week. Yeah, you too. Until next time. Until next time. (laughs) Take care. You too. Okay, bye.